Hey guys, this is Derek. Before we jump in, just want to let you know that our guest tonight, Augie Kim from Tactical Night Vision Company, was having some connection issues. So he got the robot voice a couple times, he dropped out. We've edited most of it out, but for the sake of the conversation, we left some of it in. Just want to let you know. Thank you guys for hanging in there and enjoy the episode. Guns, Gear, and Beer, episode 36. Uh, tried to do it tried to do it live, but then uh, the universe decided no. But the good news is, is that at least one of the guests showed up and they did get their mics working. So tonight I'm joined by Nathan Schultz of Schultz Photography and Augie Kim of Tactical Night Vision Company. Hello, hello. Thank you for jumping on, man. You guys uh, staying busy at the rev up to SHOT Show? Yeah. Can't believe August out in the corner rocking back and forth, going, make it in, make it in. I, I I do not envy those who have boots at Shot Show. I, I I see the amount of insanity that goes into it. And a lot of like politics and BS that you have to play with the convention just to get yourself a proper booth. Like uh Adam from Spiritus was really hyped up that they're actually getting a big boy booth this year, not that little like and not that Are little serious? Yeah. He's actually getting a real one. He's getting a real one. Not that little like mall kiosk that they make people start with. You like to try this notion? <laughs> yes. It's exactly like that. <laughs> this is salt from the Dead Sea. Come try it. But Augie, I definitely understand why you guys have the big booth at shot show. And then all the other shows you guys shrink it down. Oh yeah. Well, you know, I mean shot show's kind of the the, the, the big show that that it's it's got value to be in there, but you know, Small right? Have less people to show up, but I can hang around. <laughs> is, I tell you is, what, I prefer I prefer the smaller booths. Is yeah, Shot Show the most expensive booth for you guys? What's What's that? Is Shot Show the most expensive booth for you? Oh yeah, by far. It's by far the most expensive show that we go to, it's, and I suspect it's probably like that for for a lot of companies. I mean, you know, at NRA, sometimes you see big booths as well and stuff like that. But I think, you know, if you're going to pull out all the stops, it's either going to be for SHOT Show or, or, you know, for different kinds of companies, maybe AUSA or something like that. But it's probably the biggest show. So you guys only do like the, I mean, you guys can only stay in the States. You guys don't do like the German ones or any of those. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I guess I wasn't. I yeah, I'm talking about U.S. shows. I mean, because the ITAR restrictions, yep. and yeah, I mean, ITARs. yeah. Even though they we they buy them from us, we ship them there over there, anyways. So, <laughs> like the German. Well, I, I laugh at the ITAR products that are one way. That's like we'll buy. You can buy stuff from overseas or in Europe and bring it here, but once it's here, you can't export it again. I was just I I, I talked to uh, to old Reimer from Acton Black today, and mm-hmm. he was he was saying we were talking about exactly that. Anything he brings to the show is a one way trip. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, I, do I need to bring do I need to bring an extra case for Shot Show to make sure stuff gets uh, away from the, the convention center for him? <laughs> I'll, I'll bring an extra Pelican case. Come on, fill it up. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, I understand uh, ITAR, and I think it's a good idea to keep certain technologies out of the hands of certain people, but I think there's there's a lot it doesn't do correctly. Especially now that so much of what is restricted is so readily available. Yeah, I mean, it's just like... It's, I, I mean, a lot of those ITAR regulations, you know, there were written, there was no YouTube, and especially where... Especially with, like, Gen 3 Night Vision's been around since the late 80s, you know, there were on YouTube, there was forums and stuff like that. I mean, all of the stuff that you're that's supposedly restricted uh, as far as information-wise because of ITAR, you know, gets there's no regulations about posting it on the internet. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the, the information is out there. Oh, he needs headphones. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Test, test. That sounds better. Yeah, that sounds better. Yep, better now. yep, you're good. For those who don't know who you are and your involvement with the industry, can you give us a little bit of uh, like the spark notes backstory. of your yeah your backstory? So, uh, well, shit, I'm a Citadel grad. Um, 
joined the South Carolina Guard, oh, back in 2006 or so when I graduated and then got on the got on the first trip over uh, with the cavalry unit um, to Afghanistan uh, in 2007. So it was about nine months between when I commissioned um, as a second lieutenant and and when I found myself as a as a scout platoon leader downrange. We did a lot of LPOPs um, in our AO, and I kind of just got fascinated with with night vision, night vision technology. Did a couple of more deployments. Did uh, you know? Did the deployment horror thing in my youth, um, and then came back. Uh, tried to start grad grad school. Actually, went to grad school. Uh, got my master's in English literature. Started a PhD program. Um, so I'm actually technically a PhD student in uh, English literature still at WVU. Um, and Vic, uh, Vic DeCasola, the president and owner of, of TNVC, approached me. Um, you know, I knew some of the guys from TNVC. I had, I had talked to Vic, you know, a couple of times before in the past. Um, obviously, you, you know, spent a lot of time uh, just messing around with, with night vision and, and being a part of the night vision industry. And he had an opening, actually. It, it's Chip Lasky's old job. I'm sure a lot of guys know Chip Lasky. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chip Lasky, when he decided to move on to um, Unity Tactical uh, and they needed someone to fill in, I guess my name came up and and uh, they flew me out to, to Redlands, to the headquarters office. And, and that's, that's about how I got here. <laughs> that's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just think it's funny. It's, just, it's just like, I mean... You were when you were on your first deployment. I was on my fifth, and I thought it's. I mean, I thought you were earlier, like with in the war stories, like when I was in. But that's still pretty cool. I mean, I mean, besides being a cap scout, but we won't hold that against you. <laughs> so hey I'm I'm just a lowly civilian nerd. I've I've never understood, or I, I don't know the backstory behind why everyone hates cap scouts. <laughs> <laughs> my my roommate's actually running across the room like riding a horse with a unicorn horse out of his head. Yeah, or sorry, dildo out of his forehead. Listen, guys, guys don't like the Cav Scouts because they don't want to admit that it's just like infantry, right? <laughs> yeah, well, no, well, because it's like, well, you guys got to ride horses, you know, got to ride the horses. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, there's there there's it's well so so the weird thing about it is if, if you go back and you look into the into the history so Cav Scouts uh, you know now um, the enlisted MOS is 19 Delta for Cav Scouts but but kind of the history of the Cav Scouts goes back you know in in, in Vietnam you know it's it was uh, it was an 11 Delta so it was an it was an infantry scout um, they you know they did various shuffling and reshuffling so. I mean, there's, you know, some of it is is competitiveness between, uh, you know, between the branches and the MOSs and stuff like that. Some of it has to do with, um, you know, the, the types of operations. Some of it just has to do with the people. But, I mean, to a certain extent, you know, the Cav Scouts do actually grow out more organically out of the infantry community. And if you want to reach even further back, you know, you reach back to the to uh to actual horse mounted cavalry you know the dragoons were were were, were heavy infantry yep so. it's it, it's that same thing it's, it's just the rubbing that you know that's the thing is like we're all brothers we fight with each other but you fight with us the family we're all gonna fuck you up anyway so it's the same thing we always just give everybody shit you know and since you know they're combat arms and with all of us and the biggest thing is most of the time you'll, you'll have your cav scouts and you'll have your infantry and they lump us all together so they kind of like where it's like you have like a company or a platoon of infantry and then you'll have a company or a platoon of cav scouts and they're this we're right next to each other and then they're like trying to pit, pit us against each other it's just it's all rivalry stuff it's just having fun well they're also jealous of our stetsons oh my god don't get me started <laughs> i gotta have a special hat and Which i think it's so funny my, my, i mean i i live in i live in texas i'm by fort hood and so i was I was in first cav as when I worked in helicopters, and then when I went back to the infantry, I was in a military intelligence unit. So I, I trust me, I, I know what the whole stats in. And my, yep. roommate, my, my roommate's with Gary Owen with two seven cav, and he's an infantry guy too. So trust me, it's 
<laughs> I hear the stories all day long. Well, I mean, y'all, y- y'all got that blue cord, and I mean, you know, I'm technically in an infantry battalion now, cause so, so I'm still in the South Carolina Guard. Um, so, and I just came off of uh, company command of a infantry heavy weapons company. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you uh, get into uh, cloning firearms, Augie? As well, because that's something that I just within the last year stumbled down that rabbit hole so i mean you know for me i i i studied history um in college uh was always fascinated with 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 military history military technology and that kind of stuff and and to me you know i'm gonna put on the professor hat a little bit but but to me kind of i've never considered myself really a cloner um you know, and and a lot of my replicas uh, are are not really as perfect as as some would would think. I just gathered the information because I think that that the procurement process and and the test and evaluation process and all of that, you know, it's not only fascinating because of the technology and because of the pieces of equipment in and of itself, but it kind of tells you a little bit about something about the state of, you know, tactics, about the state of the military, about, you know, the, the if you look at the types of decisions that guys made, you know, again, everywhere from, from an end user standpoint all the way up the chain, um, you know, to, to organizational ideas of what they thought was going to be useful, um, and then even service-wide, and you kind of track the way that stuff promulgates through, through the rest of the military and how that changes and evolves over time. That's the stuff that really started to interest me. And then, you know, because I've always been into the kind of living history and history that you can touch and feel and interact with. I'm a very tactile person. Um, and, and that's why I started, you know, building replicas of, of some of these historically significant weapons as I'm gathering the information uh, and, and kind of, you know, filing it away for God knows what the fuck I'm going to do with it at any point in time. But but, uh, you know, I guess, I mean, Larry Vickers thought it was worthwhile enough, so. Yeah, that's, that's similar to what me, uh, what kind of got me into it as well is that it's, it's amazing how much the systems and the philosophies behind the systems have changed since 2001 and started GWAT and all that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, there, it, there's been crazy progress, and again, you can kind of tell just by and and obviously you know being able to talk to to the guys that that used them um and uh the the people that were were involved in getting them fielded and all of that but i mean it tells you a little bit about uh you know how how things were i mean i know that that we're talking about you know 2001s depending on you know depending on who you are and how old you are is not not that long ago but still like you said, a lot has changed um, from from then till now. I mean, ex- extremely because I, I came in June of two thousand one, and we, I mean, basic was still infantry school was still BDUs, still LCEs, still the old clay beret, and then using an M sixteen. I mean, heck, mine was an M sixteen A one stamped A two, and then I remember when we were getting ready to graduate, that was the first time I ever saw an M sixteen A four was uh, like a, a another unit going by carrying a four. So then of course when I went to brag, uh, I was I got the M uh, M four and we just had normal M four with a a PEC two and then an M sixty eight. And then we had PVS yep. we had PVS uh, seven Bravos and fourteens. That's all we had. But even still that was a huge jump to what was previously available to the the average infantryman. Well I mean so, so you know, one of the, the periods that, that I've always found the most fascinating. So here's a way to look at it. Think about think about the difference between, um, you know, the guns that were used in October of 93, Black Hawk Down incident, you know, got Operation Got the Serpent. Think about those weapons and then think about the fact that, you know, SOP Mod Block 1 basically is 1995. So you're talking about two years and you go, you, you, you go from from you know Colt Model 723s, fixed carry handles, um, you know Israeli AIM-1 lasers, and that kind of stuff. And then by '95, you know you've got the the fir- you got the beginnings of SOP Mod with the rail 
systems and all of that coming into play. Uh, man, hold on. All right. Let, let, let me see. <laughs> and, see, and see, now you're good. It comes and goes. Where it's, it's great, and, and then it's like a sped up hamster for some reason. <laughs> see this Better is, now yeah you're good now i don't i don't know so <laughs> this is why like i'm looking forward to at at shot show i'm setting i'm setting up a room so we'll just have people in one room won't have a connection issue yeah does uh tnvc have any cool new products coming out that you're able to talk about yet um that i can talk about yeah probably not too i can talk about bummer well, you know, we got we got a couple of things coming, a couple of cool things that are coming. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I that that I can discuss is, and you know, it's it's maybe going to be of, of limited application to, to some people, but but for military and law enforcement, in particular, I mean, basically, it's a it's a connector cable um, to run from 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 BNBD format. So basically, you know, PBS thirty ones. Uh, GPN, BGs, anything with that Fisher connector um, to run it and connect it to a standard and this battery pack connector, um, or you know one of the the AB Night Vision low profile battery packs. Um, so it's it's a simple product. It's, it's a really you know needed product right there because those battery pack and cable systems from L3, you know, first of all they're they're absurdly expensive, um, and yeah, the lead times on them are are pretty rough. Yeah, getting stuff directly from L3 is uh, is difficult at time. All right, here, standby. Let's see. I gotta try and figure this out because I'm I'm enjoying the conversation we're having and want to keep it going. But my God, it sounds bad. I mean, he's bad. I mean, Augie's trying. You there, Augie? Oh, can you hear us? Oh, yeah, hear us? yeah. I'm trying trying to. You got me now. Yeah, you you sound good now. I don't. I'm not sure what's up, but it comes and goes in waves. Uh, you'll sound good, and then right mid conversation, when you're saying something something good, it just decides to take a shit. Be on Wi-Fi with your damn router on your head. Don't move. I've well, that's heard- that's what I've done. I am I am now posted up right next to the router. So. <laughs> You know, Nate, that sounds like a wonderful way to get fucking brain cancer. Hey, man, if you if, if you see some of the stuff that uh, I know Augie talk about, is the sound wave or the waves they have come off of some of our antennas, yes, or the satellites and stuff, it even tells you do not stay in front of this, or it'll it'll basically make you impotent. It'll make you not freaking have kids. Yeah, I've heard from the TACP guys that like yeah. they know some of the radios they're carrying is giving them brain tumors. Yes, because it, it, it has a circular uh, wave pattern, and it literally says, "Do not stand in front of antenna, or you'll freaking, well, you're just you're sterilized." All right, uh, well, you sound good, Augie, right now, so we'll we'll continue. Sorry about that. We'll just patch in the uh, technical difficulties noise on the final product. <laughs> yep. All right, where were Listen, we? Night vision is an analog technology. It's about my speed. Yes. So I'm curious what your thoughts are. Recently, I saw like in some Chinese propaganda, they posted uh, pictures of China's new assault rifle, which still looks comically bad. But also all of the soldiers had what appeared to be like digital night vision on some ball mount on their helmet. Have you seen that? Um, I don't know if I've seen specifically what you're talking about. Uh, but yeah, I mean... You know, digital night vision is one of those things which has been 10 to 15 years uh, away for the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think ultimately, and people ask me this question a lot about like Gen 4 night vision too. Like when is there going to be a night uh, Gen 4? There's been, you know, there's been Gen 3 for, for fucking ever at this point. There's been, there's been Gen 3 for longer than, you know, some of the folks that, that are buying Gen 3 now who've been alive – and so people naturally want to know when's the next thing going to come around. And, you know, I'm not saying that there's never going to be a, a Gen 4 night vision, but I just I don't think that that kind of linear progression is going to continue to accurately describe uh, the way the technology is going to go. I mean, I, you know, I'm not I'm not a, a market expert, but if I was going to look at my my crystal ball, I would say that that my guess is that we're, what we're going to see is we're going to see like a divergence 
you know, much more strong divergence occur between military technology um, and consumer technology. So I think that that digital in the form that you kind of recognize and that you're thinking of is probably going, I mean, it's going to continue to improve and it's going to, it's going to eventually get to the point where it's got um, recreational and enthusiast applications. It's going to, you know, probably have a lower barrier to entry at the same time. You're going to have military systems and stuff like that, where, um, you know, I mean, a big part of, of the development now is augmented reality systems. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about fusion. So, so talking about not just uh, thermal fusion, but things like uh, Sphere shortwave IR uh, sensors, you know, which can be accomplished. You know, right now that's being accomplished with basically hybrid analog and digital technologies. Um, I think that that's going to continue to be, I mean, the, the simple fact is that night vision today is pretty damn good. Uh, Gen 3 analog tubes are pretty fucking good. And the thing about the end user community is if you change too much on them all at once, you know, they just get kind of weirded out about it. So a lot of times, so, so PVS-21s are a great example of that. PVS-21 is a very interesting idea, that folded optic system with the, with the clear lens, uh, you know, basically set up so that you could get a HUD in there and, and all of that kind of stuff. Very novel, very innovative. Uh, saw some use, but never really caught on. I mean, part of that was, it was heavy, expensive, and complex. But part of it, I think, is just it was too fucking weird. It, it was weird. It sounds amazing on paper. And and so it never really caught on. Obviously, you know, technology went to things like Panos and Fusion and stuff like that. But I think ultimately what I mean to say is that guys will put up if, – if you give them more capabilities of other types, guys will put up with what analog night vision offers them – uh, for for a while longer, and in terms of the, the the development of the technology, you know, if you're an L3 or L3 Harris now, or if you're Elbit Systems, which which bought Harris's, uh, you know, night vision uh, night vision concern out of Roanoke, you know, you're focusing more on the you're you're focusing more on the other aspects of that visual augmentation system technology. Uh, and not so much on the image intensification itself. So the night vision tubes, the night vision tubes, they continue to improve gradually, uh, but they're not, you know, they're not the main focus compared to things like the augmented reality compared to, to the, the additional uh, wavelength sensors um, and, and the network system. Um, things like you know, basically having the sensor on the weapon so that you can aim it around the corner. Oh, oh, hold, hold up, sec. We had you there for a good long while, and then it died again. <laughs> oh, oh, there you go. You're back. All right. So yeah, I mean, I think, and and I think that because of that, you know, you're going to see the you're, you're going to see you know things like psionics aurora. I mean, yeah, you know, we tested them, we got them. Is it a replacement for Gen three night vision? I mean, I don't think so. Not yet. It's not, not fully yet. mature, but for for the price for 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 what you get for the price, I mean, it's I mean, it, it's not bad. It's it's pretty nifty. It's it's better than Gen one for the price, so, which is about what it compares to. Main my, right. my primary question: Can we get color so, and depth perception? Uh, color, yes, depth perception. Well, no. so color, <laughs> color is 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 the big thing that you know, and that's the one caveat to you know the whole long monologue that 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 I had before about why, um, you know, why Gen three is probably going to stay a little stable for a little while longer. I mean, there there is that is one of the big priorities is is some kind of true color night vision, um. And digital probably at this point offers the more most promising uh, option for for getting that. But I think that that you know for the technology to get there and for it to be better and more useful than analog Gen three um, for for a military applicate for a military application, I think is going to take a little while longer. I, uh, think- I don't think it's never happen. I think it's going to happen eventually. Um, I think that's that's inevitable. Yeah. Uh, 
it's just a question of when and and what it's going to look like when we get there. Well, I think when it gets there at the current rate, I mean, obviously sensors aren't there yet, but I think when they're there, just the cost to manufacture digital night vision, as you saw with the Aurora, is exponentially cheaper uh, than the cost to manufacture a Gen 3 tube with a high FOM rate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and again, I think that I, I, I think that by the time by the time digital takes over you know mi- military visual augmentation systems um that shit's going to be crazy uh the stuff that that the stuff that those systems do because at by that time it's it's not just going to be night vision it's yeah. it's going to be all sort it's going to do all sorts of things um you know that's that's talk, my prediction you talk of predator vision uh, you know that, that that might not be far off. I mean, you can you, you can already switch between image intensification and thermal. You know, if you've got if if you got a Cody and a and a Cosi, you know, you could switch between night vision, thermal, and Swear. Um, you know, and and again, network systems and augmented reality is going to be uh, it's it, it's going to be like playing a video game. I think that's crazy. It's it's pay to win. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, think about the systems. Think about the systems that are that are in the F thirty five, or at least the the systems that yeah. you know about. The systems <laughs> systems that we're allowed to talk about. Um, you know, and think about what you know what the that just the helmet uh, is capable of doing, and and the sensor suite on the F thirty five. I mean, do you know what the helmet alone costs? I've heard it's somewhere insane. I, I I've read it somewhere, but I don't. I don't have it off the top of my head at my fingertips. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 an amazing amount of technology packed into those things. Yeah, well, I mean, you can see through the floor of the airplane. <laughs> that, that's that's wild. Uh, there we go. Ben has it. Uh, supposedly, we don't know for sure because the DoD doesn't like to release those things. But supposedly, it's four hundred thousand for the helmet alone. Good lord. <laughs> Which is yeah, I'll take, but, I'll, I'll take two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that technology is you know it's going to continue to develop. Yep, it's going to continue to it's going to continue to scale down, and and you know I I, I think I, I don't think it would be unreasonable to say that that you know soldiers are eventually going to you know even your rank and file soldiers are going to end up having similar capabilities. The only question is. When is that going to be? Yeah. Well, the first the first use of night vision was on tanks and bombers, and it was gigantic. Yep. But over time, it got smaller and cheaper. Yep. That's crazy stuff. It's it's fun. It's hard explaining uh, night vision to people who've never played with it, especially they ask the price. Well, how much does that cost? You know, a lot. <laughs> but I. I yep. Uh, but it usually changes once you can get them behind it, and like the light bulb clicks on like wait a second i can see in the dark no one else can see but i can see everything <laughs> I, I just think it was funny it's like when we used to have our 14s on in iraq and some of the women would go bonkers this was like right during the invasion and right after the invasion some of the women would go crazy because the marines were telling them that it was it wasn't night vision it was x-ray machines because not all the marines wore them during that time you know but then we come in and we're all wearing them and they would just tell them that uh it's an x-ray machine so we can see through the walls they were hiding guns so they all thought we were trying to take a peek of them like in their burkas and stuff <laughs> oh no yeah. have, have you seen navy seals it's just like that oh, oh god <laughs> come on that's that's when i got when i got put on the freaking barrett when i was uh, I'm in my recon and lurch teams when i got put on the barrett I, that's the first thing i asked I'm like hey man where's my freaking thermoscope at <laughs> where's my god mode i gotta have god mode you know I mean, that's really what it is and where the systems are heading. Give it 20 years and it's just going to be Ghost Recon in real life. I mean, I I, could, I would just love to sit there and read some of the stuff that you guys at TMDC probably get in your service or in your just normal emails from the people like, I saw this in a movie or I saw this in a TV show. Do you guys have that? <laughs> I, I, I cracked up. I think it was last year before last one. There was the big solar eclipse happening. And TNVC posted an email they got. Uh, oh God! Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. I, I, I don't think I remember this one. You can tell the story. I gotta hear this one. I think so. So uh, 
I guess I, I, I guess it was uh, you know either teenage or young adult girl, uh, her dad's brand new Sentinels, um, and decided she you know these funky looking goggles. Oh, I can already. I'm already hurting. Thing. I'm already hurting the fucking book. The perfect thing to look at the solar eclipse with. Oh. <laughs> and uh, burned a nice, you, you know, re- real nice uh, image of the solar eclipse in the in, in the brand new set of Sentinels, and then emailed TNVC. This is actually prior to my time at TNVC, but but yeah, uh, emailed TNVC, panicking. Um, you know, TNVC uh, helped her out. Uh, obviously, we couldn't. Couldn't just flat out replace them, um, but but they were able to work something out. I can just uh, see the line in there. My dad's gonna beat my ass. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering how that played out, but I'm glad you guys at least helped him out somewhat. Yeah, well, I was I, wondering because I saw some Instagram personalities had jokingly put up pictures that day of looking at the sun with the night vision. And I and then later that day, TNVC posted that email, and I wonder. Yep. yep. And uh, it actually happened. I wonder if someone saw that and didn't know it was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you ever see the one where? The, remember when they were doing the, the tinfoil like smooth ball trick? Yes. Yep. And then the, the, yeah. Somebody posted, "You want to go from this to this? Put it in your microwave for like six minutes." People were complaining, like they were literally writing up, like this is the dumbest thing ever. My. It just goes to show you they put it in a microwave because somebody put it on a meme, and they did it. That that goes oh to show yeah. you nobody they don't think about this. That happens every what? couple of years. 4chan, with especially if the new phone comes out, the internet will produce some fake promotional yeah, phone who saying, "Look, the Armenian game. They prove that the that the asshole freaking the the the, the look game was a joke, was a 4chan hoax, but they still run with it." Yeah, that that was crazy. That how how far that joke has gone, and it's not really a joke anymore because people think it's real. But it just goes to show you they, they prove that it's a hoax, but they still say that it's not that it's that it really is. This white I mean, thing. you know, I, I mean, you got to think about uh, the the average person doesn't know what four chan is. Is yeah. a thing that. You know, I, I've come to realize and understand, you know, you go you go to a bar, you go to the mall or something like that, and you just randomly sample who has, you know, even the faintest idea of what 4chan is. I mean, obviously, so so despite all the technical difficulties, all of us on this call are, are, are people who spend at least a decent amount of time online, a decent amount of time with technology and, and looking at, you know, I, I, I mean, you know, working in some sort of marketing capacity obviously requires you to be familiar with information dissemination on the internet and that kind of stuff. But that's, that doesn't describe most people. Um, and so most people, you, you know, they, you tell them that this originated on, on this 4chan website and they have no idea what you're, the fuck you're talking about. So yeah, it goes in one ear and out the other. And they're just like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck that is. So I'm going to pretend like you didn't say anything. True. True. It's just, yeah. The, the guy on TV that says CNN in the corner. Yeah, well, and most TV. most mainstream news stories that are headlined and designed to scare suburban moms. Oh, and it's, so- it's all about ratings. <laughs> yep. It's crazy. <laughs> Have you guys been following what's going on in uh, Virginia? I've been keeping a vague weather uh, eye on Yeah, same. It's uh, it's interesting. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, there's supposed to be some big open carry Second Amendment rally like during Shot Show. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, it's like them saying that they're gonna protest at NRA Dallas, and there was like four people there. <laughs> uh, that's all. I mean, what are what are all the what are all the influencers gonna do when they have to choose between going to the to the Boogaloo rally, <laughs> the Boogaloo rally, or Shot Show? <laughs> Oh, that's a tough decision. How about now where people are flipping out about what uh, Facebook just released about uh, cigarettes or e-cigarettes and guns using the thing on um, the influencer? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Using the platform to sell sell guns or e-cigarettes? It's not even that. It's it's, it's, the only thing it is is using the promotion, like the promotion tabs, you know, like, like the inside the actual instagram itself there's ways you can like 
uh, as an influencer, you can like you know sell it through your system or whatever. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's the only thing that they're blocking. But people are flipping out like like they're gonna ban everybody from ever right. posting anything. But I mean, it's still it's a start. It's a start. It was the foot in the door. Well, I mean, and I think I, I I think you know in terms of in terms of all of that marketing and the influencer culture and stuff like that. I mean, I think ultimately at the end of the day. And one of the things that people people will talk about uh, a good bit is is that I think you know the gun community is a lot smaller than I think it thinks it is. So a lot of the you know a lot of the folks in our community in our industry who who fancy themselves as influencers may even introduce themselves as influencers certainly fill my inbox. Um, you know, with with <laughs> claims of being an influencer Hello, and wanting for a year. Derek, how's your yeah, uh, yeah Derek, <laughs> Derek, how's your freaking email looking? You uh, know, but but a lot of, but a lot of those folks, a lot of those folks wouldn't be a blip on the radar in any other industry. You know, in in, in kind of you know yeah. influence culture and society at large. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah, I, I mean, so TNVC is is it what you know, and TNVC isn't the biggest Instagram presence partially no. I just, you know, am not an Insta whore. I tried it. I've tried it. I'm just not that good at it. That's a lot uh, of work to be an Insta whore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's a lot of fucking work. And so, you know, but TNVC is, is within our industry is, is I, I, I would say respectable, at least at 75 at, at 75. Um, but at the same time, you know, I look at other things. There are fucking Airbnbs with twice, three times as many followers as as TNVC has. I, I, I just saw the other day there was a dog, a like it's a uh, therapeutic dog that's got like 1.2 million followers on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was like, what the? If you look at the cross section of the total U.S. population, like the heart, not just the gun community, but like the tactical gun community that's also into like gear and night vision, all this stuff. It's a it's a really small amount, so getting any number of people um, to follow you is is a lot of work. Whereas if you pick something yeah. much more mainstream, or if you just um, someone who's attractive and posts pictures of yourself, you can get a lot more a lot faster. Yeah, we well, us three do definitely do not fall in that square of easy posting. How dare you? <laughs> you put your gas mask on, then you're good. Okay, Derek. You know, you can, my my you favorite can photos are the ones that don't involve me. We can meme you out all day long. We'll just put you on the couch again uh, with your gas mask on, and we'll meme you out all day long. It's, it's hilarious how my, my memes are more famous than I am. I'll I'll post. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Who is this guy? And Derek's like, it's fucking me, you asshole. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's uh, it's a lot of work being. Uh, trying to maintain a relevant and constant uh, social media status as a business in our industry, especially when the hosts of this or the owners of the social media platform are like actively against us. Yeah. I mean, I know shadow banning as much as they deny it is definitely a thing. Oh, I can attest to it every time. Yeah. I I already, that's why I can go months and I won't post. I'll post one, one of my photos from something I did and, It'll go for a while. Second time I post something, I'm instantly channel banned. I'll watch the this the amount of people that see it go from a thousand to like two hundred mm-hmm. from you know, yeah. week, a couple days later. Yeah, and, and I'm not even that big of a freak. I don't even have that big of a following. I it, mean, I'm it's, less it's wild, people. and I'm curious to see in the coming years as because I don't think they're going to change their minds on that and be like, oh, we love guns. Yeah. Um, no, I mean how that, how that continues if they'll continue to try and push it, or if if an alternative platform will show up pop up. I know companies have tried to do alternative social media platforms, but it always just falls back to Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Well, because what, a lot of it too is those new companies that start up that try to take on these new ones, they just go and get bought out. Yeah, they'll just show up with a check and go here you go couple billion dollars and they're like, oh, yeah, I mean I, I would sell myself out if someone show, <laughs> rolled up the big check <laughs> that's how we make our millions Derek we, we design a new platform we just wait for Zuck to show up with a check and then we're good we, we just we design it we start a new night vision company and then we wait for L3 to buy us out and then we're good to go 
Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, I know that there's been been various talk of, of you know, some sort of conservative social media it's platform. Not gonna I think that a couple of attempts to, to try and, you know, find an alternate version of YouTube – uh, you know, for for the Second Amendment community, for for the uh, I really like for, in ranges TV uh, idea of just uploading gun videos to Pornhub. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I haven't really checked that one out, but okay. They they have and they have a lot of views, and Pornhub doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't think it's gonna be at this point. I mean, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, they're, YouTube, they're so big. It's going to have to be something really wild to have anything that There's has a hope of competing with them. You put Google in there, that's the, that's the top five companies in America. Yeah. And I in mean, the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brent was watching Star Wars. That's why he's late. Oh, God. It's not like I told him the time or anything. <laughs> you gotta watch it that first day, you know. Uh... I'll, I'll wait till like Monday or Tuesday when there's like nobody in line. I'm going in tomorrow. My expectations are incredibly low. Yeah. After the last one. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I saw it last night. Is there, there, there happened to be just, just an open screening and, and wife's out of town. And I was like, fuck it. I'll go watch it. Was it, was it at least better than the last Jedi? So, so, uh, you, you know, not that this <laughs> devolved a little bit. So the conversations devolved a little bit, but, but oh, it always does. Regardless of your feelings about the Last Jedi, uh, you know, in my opinion, at least, Rise of Skywalker basically exists to, you know, it it was a two and a half hour walk back of the Last Jedi. <laughs> so that thing that might be a bad thing to you. You might be pissed off that that was even necessary to do in the first place. But one way or another, it's it's a two and a half hour walk back of the Last Jedi with tons of original trilogy fan service. Excellent. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, I'm that excited. Kind of, that that that's that's where that that's where I would say is about where it sits. Excellent. Maybe I can go spend. Maybe I can go spend my eight bucks and go to a matinee. And- <laughs> go watch it <laughs> but but yeah our episodes always devolve and it's it's usually the guests that notice it like wow this this this, this train really derailed, derailed and destroyed the town <laughs> we got your information we know who you are you talk about your job a little bit no it's free time <laughs> <laughs> let the cycles out of the cages so i have some i have some friends and some people that are going to shot show for the first time this year uh, do you, uh, both you guys, do you have any recommendations for people? Uh, for like first time, what to see, what not to do? A uh, lot of hand sanitizer, a lot of yep. breath mints, a lot of airborne, a lot of hand sanitizer, a lot of you breath mints. Don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. My next one was don't even go. Don't go to the Boogaloo <laughs> rally instead. You'll have more fun. I mean. <sighs> You, you know, it's it's I, I remember back in the day there there used to be like, you know, you had to have press credentials to even take pictures. And so, you know, and, and when it was when it was a little bit smaller, I mean, it might have been. And when companies bothered to actually release products <laughs> at Chicago, instead of just being there to be there, uh, as so many companies are at this point. Um, just because it's become an institution within the industry. I mean, everything that you're going to see, I mean, I am at SHOT Show. I've been at SHOT Show for, for you know, last several years in a row. I get all of my SHOT Show information from the internet, like everything. <laughs> Same. <laughs> and part of that is because, part of that's because I'm stuck at the booth. So it's not like I'm getting a whole lot of time, you know, other than I'll go to meetings and then I'll hang out at our booth. But at the same time, I mean, it's gotten so big and so unwieldy. I mean, I guess if you're there and you have no business being there, yeah, you got time to wander, you know, every freaking aisle and see what catches your eye. But, I mean, it's so freaking big right now. I mean, yeah. there are I, – I wait until, you know, I wait until, like, Soldier Systems or whoever posts, you know, posts the exciting yep. thing. And if I have time on Friday, I'm like, eh, maybe I'll run over there and, yep. and <laughs> out in person. If, if you don't have a booth, just sleep in until, like, 3 
and then get to the show floor, and that's when they're handing out the free beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, you gotta get there about two thirty to get through the crowd that's trying to leave. Then you get the free beer. You know. Well, the, you, you know, so so I've seen the shot show bingo, but but really what they <laughs> what they were. What they've really got to do is like, you know, it's like those, those websites that, that have, um, you know, the military discounts for Veterans Day. Somebody needs to compile like a list of, you know, what are the giveaways? What are the contests going on at like any given time at SHOT Show? And just, I've, just I, if I knew how to make an app, I've thought about that or an app that showed which booth had um, was giving out beer. Because most of the time it's just walking around until you see someone with a cup and you ask them where they got it. But if you had an app that just showed, this is what every booth is handing out. This is where to get the free stuff. This is where to get the giveaways for the people that are just really jaded like us. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing because I, I went to the SHOT Show in 2009 when it was the last how, year they had how, in Orlando. Oh, you went to Orlando. How different yeah, was, it? was the last, it? It's completely different. Orlando was weird because I was only there for one day. And I was still active duty, so that's how I was able to go. And I was just on a whim i was there for family vacation going to disney and we had a free day so i was like i'm going to shot show so i went it was the last like i said it was the last year it was in orlando it was the the biggest one they ever had in orlando and it was pretty crazy but the like like august talking about the feel was a lot different because it was you know you gotta think we were at the height of like all the war you know we had iraq was still going on afghanistan was still going on it was 2009 it's the height of everything the surge just happened a year before or two years before. So it was a lot of new tech. Like there was a lot of new stuff that was originally coming out that time. And now, you know, we've kind of hit that peak on a lot of stuff where there's, it's how more can you modify an AR 15? You know, it's the same thing over and over and over again. We've kind of hit that, that pinnacle on uh, what yes. we're doing you know I, I love perusing the basement just because that's where all the weird and or like gun show booths are at <laughs> i'm, I'm, I'm still, planning I'm on still, stopping by grip knife this year if they have a I'm, booth i'm gonna try <laughs> that out i'm still waiting for somebody that i mean they're gonna have their shot show booth but on one corner of their booth they're gonna have incense and uh candle yeah uh, candles lights. just the the sensity like, like, candles the, the, whatever yes, that you see at yes, every trade show yes. ever and then I'm still waiting for the beef jerky guy. Yes. That was when I first started my business back in the day. Um, I didn't have a website. I was just selling on eBay and I was selling at local gun shows. And yeah, the beef jerky guy was my favorite. That's so like the industrial five pound bag of beef jerky for 20 bucks. That's what kept me going. <laughs> That'll last you a whole show, man. Yep. That or the, uh, the mug of like soda that you, like you spent 20 bucks to get refill. It's unlimited refills for the whole weekend. Yep. Last year, right after SHOT Show, we had a podcast um, with Phil from All That Remains, and we were talking about trying to hit the Las Vegas January show trifecta of there's SHOT Show, there's the AVN, the porn show, and then there's also World of Concrete. and Which is before SHOT Show. Is it before yeah. SHOT Show? Yes, it's before SHOT Show. When is it? Because I'm flying in on like Saturday this year. I'm I'm debating with them because I'm I'm gonna fly in this year again. I'm not gonna drive. I'm gonna fly in again this year. Uh, tickets are too good and rental cars is super cheap this right right now. Um, I'm I have to look it up. We'll have to look it up. But I swear it ends like on Monday and then we start on Tuesday. So, so like, let's hit it Monday morning and then go hit the <laughs> then hit range day. I, I got range day, man. I got range day. I gotta be at. I don't. We'll we'll look into it because like if it's like. If it's going on like Saturday or Sunday, like I might fly in a day early, just to <laughs> like get the trifecta of Concrete World, then do shot, then hit AVN at the end. <laughs> oh lord! <laughs> yeah, I, I drove out to Shot Show once. I say I'm in Colorado, so that's a whole lot of snow and a whole lot of mountains between me and Las Vegas. Two years ago, when I went, it's 19 hours. If I drive from where I'm at in Central Texas. It's about 19 hours, 19 and a half hours. When I drove two years ago, I had I hit a snowstorm from New Mexico into Arizona. And about four, five, about five in the morning, the sun was just coming up. Thank God nobody else was on the interstate. And I have a Ford F-250. I did a complete 360 in the middle of the interstate and kept on going. <laughs> nice. But, 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 but like, I didn't like hit the ditch. It was right in the middle of the road, and they kept on going. 
Because like, well, <laughs> there's two routes I can do. I can do the northern route that goes through up, you know, past the Grand Canyon and stuff like that. Or I can do the southern route, which, you know, you go the southern right across the border through El Paso and stuff like that. And then you jump up. But I want the northern route because that's usually, I like that one a little bit. It's a little bit more scenic up there. Except for I-40 through New Mexico until you hit the mountains because it's forever flat. <laughs> Driving through New Mexico just sucks. <laughs> New Mexico and Texas. A couple, ah! a, a couple weeks ago, I drove, um, so I was heading, gosh, where was it? It was, it was southern Dallas area that I drove Well, you hit the, 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 there's, your, there's your word right there, Dallas. That's, yeah, there's your problem. but like I, I burned through Colorado and New Mexico in like three, four hours. And then the other nine hours was just it's, yeah the pain the pain handle is definitely a a, a fun yeah a fun quote unquote <laughs> fun area to drive through let me tell you well just think where I'm at in Central West Texas the Mississippi I'm uh, I'm flying yeah where are you <laughs> well, based I mean, out of Augie? I am in uh, South Carolina nice. So, yeah, anything east of the Mississippi, I'll drive to west of the Mississippi. Eh, I'd have a good damn reason to drive. Yeah, yeah. You, you're I like, oh, that's, that's a long way. <laughs> well, all right, my dudes, thank you for jumping on tonight. I think now is a good time to wrap it up. Augie, uh, for those listening, where can people go and find you? Uh... At my house. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the internet in your public space. So, uh, you know, I I am on Instagram. I may suck at it. Um, so I am uh, Augie Kim on Instagram. I think there's an underscore in there somewhere between the Augie and Kim. Um, you know, I'm on Facebook as Augie Kim as well. And then obviously you can reach me through uh, tnvc.com. Uh, my email address is Augie at tnvc.com. We make things real simple, but it is spelled A-U-G-E-E. Uh, a lot of people misspell an Augie. Some people will type the email address correctly and still uh, spell the salutation, still but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but yeah. Awesome. Nathan, where can people go and find you? On Instagram, we're at Schultz Photography, S-C-H-U-L-T-Z, photography underscore. We're also on Schultz-Photography.com, and then we're also on uh, Facebook at Schultz Photography, and then in, uh, Twitter at Schultz Photo underscore. The Twitter is weird. I try using it. You see me on there. It's just weird. Yeah. I don't get it. it. It's, it's usually it's just anytime I post on Instagram, and I just hit that little tab that says post on Twitter, just uh, mm-hmm. put it out there one, one, more, one more spot. I am Derek with MoGuns.com. You can check us out and support this show at MoEGUNS.com. We got shirts, mugs, hoodies, a whole bunch of stuff with the show logo and some other cool designs. Please check it out. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time.